In the last half of the 1860s, Argentina, Uruguay and Brazil went to war against the small country of Paraguay, resulting in the deaths of 69% of the population and Paraguay losing about 40% of its territory. It's estimated that 90% of those who died were male, leaving the country so reproductively destitute that it's been rumored that even Catholic priests were encouraged to take multiple wives. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I'm Rasmus. And I'm Ryder. And I'm Toast. And Jan. You're Toasted Jan? Yeah, pretty, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Most people will say it's not a good idea to bring the toast into the bathwater. The what? <laughs> I, I, never, I never heard of that. It caught me completely off guard with that one. <laughs> no, the, toast, the toast machine? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, the toaster. The toaster. Yeah. Yeah, the toaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to say the toast. I said the toast. But I mean, it's also really weird to rehydrate toast bread because it doesn't taste like toast anymore. It tastes like normal bread, but it looks like toast. Alan Pan did a thing. Why are we already going all the way off the rails already? <laughs> that, that's you. I think Alan Pan did that. Or Yes. No, 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 Alan no. Pan. Uh, stuff. One of the, all the crazy guys who just finds like an impossible thing and tries to make it possible so he rehydrated toasted bread to make it sound uh, it, it's, like... It's a guy with the, the, the wearing the cappy, I believe. With the, the... Oh yeah, that one guy on <sighs> YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you that that does that. crazy stuff. Yeah. Anyway, we'll think about it later. How's your week? Hot. Good. Moving on. Red. But really satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same. <laughs> no. Fine. Uh, Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Not that hot, actually, because we uh, had an AC unit installed uh, in the apartment, which you mean is an AC. What did I say? Easy. Easy? No, AC. Like, yeah. yeah, air conditioning. AC. Yeah, like ACDC, right? Yes. The, yeah, okay, that w- one. Was that an easy in the asshole? <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> so, I, uh, we have now uh, oh, stroke, air conditioning, right? <laughs> which is... Uh, life-changing uh, because yeah it's been it's been a very hot week and just having this uh, can um, allow us to just relax a little bit and and not uh, be suffering uh, 20 hours 24 hours a day from the heat which is which is great so yeah other than that not much Jan why are you toast um since 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 the last recording um well, toast because I took the bike to work today, which was an absolutely fantastic idea driving there. It's just not a great one driving back today. Um, so it's about a maybe it's not that far. It's just about 10 miles, like slightly going uphill. But uh, it's just with the heat and being dressed for work because we have to wear like long pants and shirt mm. and everything. Oh. So when I got on the bike this morning, it was 22 degrees. Yeah. Pretty constant till I got there. So that was kind of nice. Um, back today was about 30. Yeah. In the shade. That would imply, though, that there would be shade, which there wasn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I was kind of miserable when I got home. But you no, are but, going downhill, right? Um, no, yeah, it's, it's it's like slightly. First, it's slightly downhill, then it's going uphill, and then it's pretty much straight. Okay, the last part of the way. It's it's really not bad. It's it's by all means 
pretty flat, but um, it's an e-bike, so everything you push over 25 kilometers an hour is just not that like the support is gone because they're mm-hmm. limited here. And um, so if you want to go faster to get that like that nice breeze, you really have to step in it. Yeah. And that kind of defeats the whole purpose of <laughs> cooling down. Um, or having an e-bike. Yeah. But still, I'm really, really happy that I'm back on the bike again because I did like I've been kind of troubled with that whole COVID thing for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's finally getting better to that point where I can just like jump on the bike again and do like normal work and stuff without cool. being out of breath after just a couple of short minutes. Oh, that's cool. good to hear. Yeah. So the rest of the week was also really nice. Since the last time we recorded, there was a nice birthday barbecue on um, from from a friend of mine on Saturday. That one was fun. It lasted into Sunday. which was really nice because it was like a barbecue there were kids there with the parents just like playing around small crowd and it was just one of those evenings where we were like sitting and talking and like it's slowly getting dark and you have a fire going and then all of this sudden you look at the the parents look at their watch and just start panicking and just collecting the kids because it's way too late the rest is just still sitting there talking and then you look at the clock and say oh yeah it's it's one o'clock in the morning we should probably like uh pack everything up and go home (laughs) so that was really nice and other than that work has been picking up again it's nice. almost back to normal. So I've been on Tuesday. I drove no Tuesday. Today's start. Today's Thursday. Correct. Yes. Thursday. Yeah. See, I'm Thursday already losing track because I'm on the road again. Now, on Tuesday, I went to uh, Düsseldorf to visit a customer. Um, so drove up there and uh, with the traffic and all of that fun, it took about six, seven hours to get up there mm-hmm. for like 450 kilometers. And um, yesterday I drove the whole thing back after the customer appointment, nice. which there was also just traffic jams and construction yeah. zones and accidents within the construction zones and Ooh. all of that. The whole the whole trifecta of fun things. Yes, exactly. But on the good side, I am almost caught up on Maker's Waffle. i've been i've been waffling the whole way through (laughs) that's cool yeah well done you so you basically listen to one episode two two okay yeah keep them coming guys we we appreciate them one one the way up the other one the way down (laughs) no just i i listen to actually more of them i think like four episodes Okay. Oh, wow. Went like, with a little bit of music in between and everything. So, yeah, it was kind of, it was actually like therapeutic. I haven't been in the car for a long time, so I wasn't really stressed out by the, uh, with the traffic jams. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the mistake of like having to go to the restroom and then driving into the traffic jam. I kind of like saw there was a traffic jam coming up. I know there was no way around it. So I kind of like stopped, went to the restroom, got something to drink and then drove in it. And it's just like, whatever. It's not. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good good move there. Oh yeah, it's almost like a, at least I remembered something from being on the road. But how about you guys? I'm uh, I I've been to Rammstein. Yeah. Yes. How was it? Like uh, as as good as it looked uh, in Berlin and Lyon. Yes. Okay. It uh, I I I don't know how big the crowds were in other places, but uh, this was the largest paid outdoor concert ever in Norway. How many people? So 20,000. 60,000 oh, 60, okay. is a lot of people. 60,000. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's a fuck lot of people. Yeah. I mean, uh, so basically the whole country was there, right? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, uh, at least two thirds. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, no, uh, like the, the really, really fun thing is that um, I have a group of friends that are slightly more enthusiastic about going to concerts than I am. Mm-hmm. So they showed up at nearly two o'clock to stand in line to be let in when the doors open at four o'clock. And I'm okay. like, "You're driving out of from out of town. I'll meet you in the city." And then they just text me and say, "We're here." And I'm like, "Good for you. I'll be there." later <laughs> so half an hour before the doors opened i was like oh there's already a big line and i would just walk up to people sorry can i sneak in front of you and i was like what and then I, Whoop. so i did that to get all the way in front to where my buddies are and then it's like oh now the doors are opening how brilliant <laughs> oh so you're one of those people oh yeah yes i'm very much one of those people of course my buddy also had uh Marius also had the brilliant idea of sort of like oh that's like we we had to go sort of the long way around to get into the thing because it's 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 an old like horse racing track kind of thing so they let us in on the wrong end and we had to walk all the way around to sort of minimize pe- people running and shit crazy things happening uh but we managed to sort of be clever about it and navigate to the, the opposite end of where we entered so that we were actually standing just outside the fire zone uh, as close as we could ever be to the scene to the, to, to the scene uh, to the stage without like getting Lindemann's dick in our face <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually not a recessing hairline that you got there that's actually like burned off hair probably yeah <laughs> a bit more scorched than usual this time I, I'm not big fan of crowds of people or Loud, big loud concerts but uh, mm. for Rammstein I'll make an exception and it was well worth it yeah I'm pretty much the same last time I did that was to the true last time I did that was to go and see ACTC uh, once mm. in France once in Japan totally worth it but yeah I'm, I'm, it, it's kind of difficult to enter a big stadium with that many people and not be kind of anxious yeah. my uh, so my stepbrother uh, we ran into I didn't know he was going to the concert but he ended up just walking up and standing next to us and I was like slapping him on the back of the head and saying hey fucker <laughs> <laughs> and he was like hey you too <laughs> uh, which was nice uh, but my, my, my older brother he uh, he arrived like 8 o'clock or something so he was like standing at the far back of the whole arena I was like yeah Rammstein is like a speck down there oh, and you can just yeah. you can see the explosions going off and like you had screens closed and all that but like yeah mm. uh, it's a it's a thing that big all the way over there yeah so I mean they uh, did have the huge was... screens though which they were like slowly pulling up over the concert right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean uh, just the technical aspects of all the things they do during the stage is really fascinating yeah I, I got I got really intrigued as soon as I realized that they are because there was like you, you get really mesmerized by all the fire and flame and like the singing and the songs and you're in it and all of that. And then suddenly there's like a, a giant stroller on fire on stage. And I was like, when did that happen? And then you start sort of looking closer at the stage and I'm like, oh, wait, there's hidden panels that open and there's lift elevators and things like that. Mm-hmm. So like I, I got really distracted at some point to, by trying to figure out where every sh- all the shit were coming from and how they sort things out. Yeah. I also think like the red fire, if I recall correctly, is sulfur burning that has that really intense like red flame yeah i might be mistaken uh but so that that was my concern i was just sitting there like problem solving all the shit <laughs> they were trying to do i was kind but of thinking that like you were standing there it's like this sucks this is like work 
<laughs> just like it's harder there in flames and like nah no, but honestly the really really fantastic thing uh which again is my mind being bonkers is that uh, it, it was per- not not horrible weather but it was raining a fair bit during the concert sort of on and off but at one point you had sort of this really black rolling clouds coming in from back t- behind the stage mm-hmm. and i was like someone should be playing ghost right in the sky now from <laughs> blues brothers that would make me really happy. Of course, they didn't, but it was like one of those like rumbling, rolling, thundery bits, and it, it was glorious. If you've seen Blues Brothers, you know what they're talking about. I don't need to ramble on. But the last thing I want to say is that uh, yesterday, my brother turned, uh, my youngest brother, not the one who went to Ramstein, the youngest brother of mine, he turned turned, turned 24 yesterday. Oh, is that the one with the strange movies? No, he's the, the no. That's the one who went uh, freaky movies. Rammstein. You see the correlation? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is yeah. the other one, the the autistic broken one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's broken and uh, yes, uh, he doesn't listen to this. We can t- say whatever that we want. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday. <laughs> I'll deal with it when that happens. So uh, you celebrated together? Yes, uh, we went out to eat and then we went to see a movie. But he ordered movie tickets for the wrong day. So we went back to his place and we saw The Sea Monster on Netflix that you recommended a while back. Oh, I still want to watch that one, yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Uh, Not to turn this into a movie podcast, but my only problem with it is that they introduce so many lore elements into this large world that they don't do anything with. It's probably because they are uh, like fishing for an episode two, like a movie, a second movie yeah. uh, with with a broader world. Yeah, they're, um, they're setting it up. This very much felt yeah. like uh, How to Train Your Dragon one. Absolutely, it's it's very close to it, but also very different. So yeah. if you like the first one, you probably enjoy see uh, Beast as well. But yeah, don't expect it to be to be the same kind of movie because. It's, it's all it's different the story it's, it's different, different but it, it hits a lot of the same kind of beats I absolutely yeah, yeah I mean they are they are probably targeting the same kind of people on Netflix uh, anyway so probably it's also probably. a business well, don't forget that so yeah okay so you had a good week yeah I'll say so okay cool it's, it's, it's one of those also things where I get a chance to uh, sort of at a tail end of summer before market season picks up again and mm. I need to panic to make stock I can spend a little bit of time in the workshop just cleaning, making new tools, repairing old tools and all of that. Nice. Which is the reason for the topic today. Yeah. Without using the word segue. <laughs> uh, except I guess I did. You did? Damn it. Yeah. Keep going, anyway. keep going. You had one job. <laughs> one job. <laughs> uh, no, it, 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 the whole thing was like how to rest efficiently or use your rest time in a good way. Uh-huh. And like for me now, it's been a lot of prep work and thinking, and like I've been, I spent all of the day just at the computer, just drawing up new stuff to get laser cut and trying out new designs for things and ordering materials for all the shit. I spent a lot of money this week. That also hurts. Love that animation, by the way. I don't no, know if you're gonna. It's it's not an animation. It's it's a it's a trick yeah, wallet that yeah. actually catches on fire. Yes, ah, the okay. thing. Yeah. yeah, which is great. Which I actually did get from my brother for Christmas or something years back. Nice. And this is the first time I used it sort of proper-ish. I brought it to a couple of markets. And I was like, oh, let me give you a change back. It's like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Uh, but anyway, resting efficiently, using your downtime 
in a good way. Yes, yeah, uh, the, the that flaming it. wallet you got there. No, just for for the ones that are just listening to it, um, Raz has a wallet. If he opens it, there's like flames shooting out of it. It's it catches on fire. It's it's a, someone opened up a, a a lighter and put it inside of a wallet in a small metal enclosure. Exactly, and it was pretty funny because he basically told us that he was shopping, and then he showed us a picture of or like a video of him opening up the wallet, and you just see flames coming out, closing it putting it away and just walking away from the computer. <laughs> <laughs> and now you are allowed to talk about... No, I said my thing. Now, now it's your turn to talk about... Yeah, the first idea that came to mind when you said the, uh, the topic was uh, I, don't, I don't see resting and efficiently going together like in a, in a good way. Um, I, I, that, that's why I would like a, a, a little bit uh, of an explanation about about what you think of resting is. Because if I hear resting efficiently, I think productivity and not rest. Right. I had I had two thoughts when I came up with the topic. Mm -hmm. um, one is the whole thing of just you. Your your whole point is that you are just taking care of things that you can't take care of during a normal work hours. Okay, but uh, that's not resting. No, it in my mind it is because you're not doing anything under pressure to make money or to make ends meet or anything like that. This is downtime, and you're just taking care of the um, the, the the not. Non -tense yeah, the little time things around work. The little things around. Like, yeah. uh, what, what I did is started rehandling some hammers that have been breaking apart and cracking. So, maintenance uh, and, and everything. Yeah, so maintenance. Yeah, okay. Basically, and also, it's so far outside of the normal things I do at work mm -hmm. that it's it doesn't feel like work to me. Yeah. There's no pressure in it. It's more like, I here's, I have, I almost they have 20 hammers now I should stick a handle on. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's it's just a pile there, and it's like oh, I to, like it's really a bit too hot. I mean, I, I complain about the weather anyway, but uh, <laughs> if it's too hot to 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 run the forge full tilt, then I don't can't do the things I want to do. Uh -huh. I mean, here's a whole lot of things I that would you like can to do. have done. Yeah, okay. And can do. I want to practice putting more handles on. I have a bandsaw at the uh, at the wood shop at the maker fair at the maker space that I can use. So it's like suddenly it's a lot easier to do some of these jobs mm -hmm. which is sort of one thing that's one half of it just taking care of the relaxing part of business that you don't have time for otherwise okay mm -hmm. and the other thing is when it comes to working out that there's a concept of active rest time mm -hmm. like if you are uh, a biker or a runner or you do a lot of martial arts competitively but you and you are supposed to have a rest day mm -hmm. But you don't want to just lay out the sofa completely because you still want to be active. But doing something then that is so far outside the norm, normal training would, regime... Would never happen. I would lay on the sofa. Case. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, for, for me, it's like, yeah, my a lot of my work is physically demanding, but I go swing dancing to relax. Yeah. And when I go boogie-woogie dancing... That's yeah, but, Grass, you're not normal. That's a very good point. But I still want to make my point that... The concept of active rest is really good for you because you it doesn't feel like a workout because you are doing it solely to have fun. It just happens to be a slightly physically demanding activity. Mm. Like playing soccer with neighboring, neighborhood kids or, I don't know, actually go up with your buddies and playing basketball. Like you're running, jumping, all of that, trying not to tear your knee apart, of course, but I mean, 
There's, there's some fun in that as well, I heard. Yeah, but it's more like switching it up, not. Well, I mean, it depends on what you understand. What what your understanding is of resting. For for me, uh, for which, which we have stated is not a normal one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, when I say I want to be efficient, out efficient at um, resting is basically how how much rest can I get, like the maximum of rest without being distracted by other stuff. Yeah. This is for me, effective resting for me is basically I prepared everything. I created a YouTube playlist or a Netflix playlist with stuff I want to watch. And I kind of... You have your dips. Exactly. It's it's, in reach of the sofa. Yep, yep. You time time your pizza so when the first episode is done, you can go out and get your pizza out of the oven. Like this is is effective resting for me because I don't get a lot of that. Like in that case where I'm really saying it's like, well, tomorrow I'm not going to do anything. And then I prepare myself accordingly because there's, let's face it, even if we don't act like that, we're grownups. So there's always something you have to do and something that demands your attention. So having those days where you just rest and allow yourself to do nothing else. I put my phone on silent. Like I, I wouldn't say it's a digital detox because I'm watching stuff online, but like the whole of the messaging, like I just allow myself to not check my phone. I, I got it on silent. It's laying on the side. I basically put down the shades. I darken down the room. I put on the big TV and I just set myself up with stuff to eat and to drink. So to say bluntly, I only have to leave the room to go to the restroom mm. and that's it. And then there's like a big do not disturb sign on the outside of the door if the house is on fire you can get me if it's like <laughs> approaching my office <laughs> how about for you though red uh, it's interesting what you said about about rehandling the the hangouts that you have because you see that as something that you have to do for your job but that's not something that um creates anxiety or pressure or stress for you and I'm pretty much doing the same thing right now because I am uh, obviously back uh, from vacation and you can hear that because I have proper mic and better sound. Um, and and I'm doing exactly the same thing right now in my workshop because I'm uh, putting the final touch in my uh, setup. Uh, so sorting on sorting my tools uh, trying to create the space uh, to put a tool wall and and finding a place for the thread needles the leather the everything but it creates anxiety for me and stress because if i take uh, too much time to do so I'm not working. So I'm I'm now in the process of finishing setting up my workshop in order to get back at work again. And uh, in your case, it's like a, a breather that you are taking from work yeah. in order to do, do all the small things. In my case, I have to do all the small things in order to get back to work. So it, but it, does it feel stressful to you? It's fucking stressful because I want to get back to work and I know that if I don't soon... And will not be able to make money like soon, yeah. And so it puts stress on me. It creates anxiety. I had actually an order for for a custom piece two days ago, and I can't work on it yet because the the shop is not finished to be set up. So I have to finish uh, taking care of the, the the workshop in order to get back to work and create that piece and and, and getting paid and, and so on and so on mm. um, so there, there, there is that 
but I find it interesting that when you have this, the your work environment already set up, those little things like cleaning and taking care of the tools, all the maintenance, is actually a good thing. It's it's um, something that keeps you in the work and prepares you for the next step, not next project, next next hard day at work but also giving you some rest uh, for the body and for the mind. And, and that's really good. And those are necessary, I think. I think it also ties in with what um, Brad McAfee usually says with like clean shop, happy shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I kind of, for, for me, it's just a hobby, but still I really enjoy, like I said, the re- one resting part where I only watch, but when I have a little bit of time where I would yeah. usually rest, I sometimes I enjoy going into my workshop and just clean stuff up like Rest said. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it as resting, but it's just a nice distraction from everything else. It's a little bit, let's not put it resting, me time. It's mm-hmm. me time. I'm in my little happy place and I'm just cleaning up. And I know the next time I want to do something, I walk into a clean shop and I can just directly start on it without having to put stuff aside and cleaning up yeah. stuff because that keeps me from starting a new project. Absolutely. So this is something, it almost something meditating. And that being said, if you could watch the background, <laughs> how it looks in my <laughs> shop, but it's actually not too bad. There, there is kind of like a sense to the chaos and the, in front of me is pretty much clean. Like the workbench I is... I cannot detect that sense in the chaos. <laughs> Says the guy with card box in the back of his living room. Hey, that's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, to, to be honest for the people not seeing us not watching the video and just all listening of are... all of us it's a fucking mess behind us so <laughs> it will be sorted out soon I guess but yeah not today it's, got, it's summer I've, it's I've hot I've actually been spending time cleaning out the garage as well They're so I, I honestly I just need to buy like proper crates that are plastic ones and watertight and not cardboard yeah so yeah, it just get a green screen and you can Photoshop in the background. <laughs> Done. Uh, so I'll actually hopefully be actually dumping all of this down into the garage that I don't need on a day to day basis. Yeah, that, that we uh, but, need to um, that as well. Uh, yeah, the thing you said reminded me also that like uh, if I have a really bad day or if I go to work and I realize like I I don't have feel like doing any work at all, mm-hmm. there's still things I know I can do. And I just force myself to start on some of the small things. Like, okay, I know I need to make all of these stocks. Okay, let me cut the materials for them and pile them up and bundle them. Yeah, I can. I, I can. I can do things that doesn't require like heavy lifting or like a lot of physical forging work, and still like man proper do things for the day. Even even if it's just like counting over all the things I have in stock so that I know exactly how much I need Absolutely. to make for the next market. I mean, it's it, it's one of those really slow, tedious jobs that doesn't feel like it gives you anything, but it makes it so much easier to do the job exactly. the next day. But if you don't feel like being productive, that's exactly the kind of work you sometimes need. And there's something yeah. so nice about it to even knowing it's like, well, I'm slacking off because I'm not doing the actual work. But I kind of feel a little bit better about myself because I'm prepping stuff for it. Mm-hmm. And I even do that in my job. Like there's certain aspects that I don't like doing, but I just do it as a prep work. And, you know, the next time I feel like working or I have to work, I don't like I, the prep work is already done for it. That's so true. I spent uh, a few hours the other day just uh, um, ordering new thread 
for the sewing machine sewing machine that I have because the one that I have I don't like it's too small to um, yeah it, it doesn't have the look that I want to give to the things that I will be sewing with the sewing machine uh, anyway it took me like three or four hours in order to get all the information order a few samples of different sizes for different uh, type of thread uh, and it was boring it was super boring but uh, now I have it and I've tested it and I know which one I want to use in my projects that's all that time that all that preparation is already done so now next time I, I want to sew something it will be all ready uh, and it will save me time for the project actually mm-hmm. so again these little things uh, cleaning out uh, prepping stock uh, doing some research or just um, setting up your workshop or putting handles on hammers or stuff like that it's not uh, work so to speak but it's it's part of the work and it's the things that we don't usually want to do because it's like oh it's 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 be it, it would be quick when i get it done but yeah. until it gets done it it's still in the yeah. back of your head it creates stress anxiety and and, and we, it, it's not done so if you need one armor uh, whereas, uh you will have to put the handle and it will disturb your workflow and slow you down so that those are important step i think to take yeah and it's also one of those things where it's really important to have spare enough spares mm. of hammers mm-hmm. that you can use uh, hammers specifically in my case that like if the I, the handle breaks completely because I, there's two of them that now are real on the last leg and there's a split going down it that is not because you good. are so strong. Yes, uh, it's it's a hard life to live. But <laughs> I, I manage it barely. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not even like, like I'm, I know I'm not even saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's it's. Um, I mean, you're bragging about breaking hammers, so we have to say something about it. He just likes talking about his hammer. (laughs) He's a hammer guy. You're done now? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Hammer time. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But my point, to try to sort of uh, unrail us, what's what's the opposite of derailing? Yeah, yeah, unrail unrail is good. Go for it. Uh, That... If my ha- one hammer breaks and I have a spear, that's not a problem. I switch. Mm-hmm. But if that hammer as well breaks, then I, I have a problem unless I have a third spear. Yeah, you have to switch again. So, like, if you are a, which in my case I actually have, I have enough spares of hammers because I also do the teaching. That I mean, I don't need to stop on a single workday to uh, not work to rehandle a hammer. I can just put the one aside and grab the next one. My question is, where do you stop? Well, that's the thing. I need to have enough so that i don't ever have the problem of running out uh, yeah but i need then also to plan for the day when i need to rehandle them so that i can sort of restock on new hammers yeah but if it, you have one hammer like life is you, you do have a little bit you do have a little bit of a hammer problem maybe but if well, you, you no but ch- chokes aside because his new video was out i saw him like moving well first of all i've been in your workshop and second of all in your news video where you set up that whole metal um, casing or the uh, the workbench it's you can see your anvil with the holder around it yeah. and it's lined with hammers like once around it and that's only the one at the anvil that's not counting the ones that are laying on the table next to it because then you could you have another like a bin 
of hammers in there. Yes. I, I, I may or may not actually have a hammer problem. It helps uh, if you hit the metal I'm, with the head of the hammer and not always the uh, handle. I like a challenge. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, it was a serious question. Where do you stop in, in your uh, re-handling a hammer thing? Let, let's, let's take an example. You have a hammer, you break it, so the next day you say, yeah, I will have to re-handle the hammers that I have, uh, so when next time my handle breaks, I have a spare one and maybe another one, and possibly a third spare hammer. Plus, I will have to have hammers for the classes, so let's say I have five students, so I need five hammers, but if those break, I need five <laughs> spare hammers as well. Maybe if I take a sixth student that day, or my brother join me, or I have friends visiting, I will need more hammers, and therefore more spare hammers, for those yep. hammers. So where do you stop the little prep, the little things, the preparation? When is it enough? And when are you able to get back to work? Are you still counting in numbers or in buckets? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think the question is slightly different. How often can I take the time to rehandle my hammers? And how many will I break in between those times. Okay. So naturally for me is that I don't rely on doing any practical work in July. Mm -hmm. Both because I want to be on vacation and because it's generally too hot that I want to be bothered with stressing about things. Yeah, it's 12. It's living hell. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I know. I'm glad you understand. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, it's uh, around Christmas because at some point I can't send out more orders for them to reach their destination in time for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then there's Christmas break in between Christmas and New Year's. So it's like, okay, then I have maybe two weeks there as well where things slow down and I don't have any pressure on me. So on that basis, I have a bit, about every six months, I have the time to do all of those maintenance things. Mm-hmm which means that I should have enough spares to last me six months. That being said, uh, I think the hammer handles I have on my hammers now are two and three years old that I need to replace. So quick question. When was the last time that you checked your uh, bed grinder? Like put oil in the wheels and check the brushes and see if the cable was not wear out? That kind of maintenance. That's a good question. I haven't done that yet. Never? No. Okay. So I'm 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 asking oh, you, 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 oh, you can see like the wheels, the gears turning with rest <laughs> right now. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> I never did that. No, no, no. Uh, I'm I'm thinking back. Like I replaced one of the wheels on the grinder mm-hmm. because uh, it wore out. I, I, one of the students did something that wasn't fa- or pushed on something that wasn't fastened properly, mm-hmm. which meant that uh, the wheel just ground itself to bits. Which my bad, because I didn't check things before I let them loose. Yeah. Uh, so I had to replace the, one of the wheels, and I know that a couple of the other wheels are starting to look a little bit worn. Mm-hmm. But I haven't checked things much apart from that. I'm asking because my I'm trying to make a point uh, mm-hmm. somehow here, is when you are taking time in order to re-handle your armors, um, it, it can easily... You can easily get lost in the re-handling of all those armor because you yeah. know that you will need them at some point and you have so little time during the year to do so that you are all doing them at the same time in July and thinking that you are good for the rest of the year. 
but it can take so much time to do so that you will forget or neglect to do the other small stuff that you need to do in the workshop in order to be fully efficient during the year. And of course, yeah. hammers and bell grinder are just an example of you working uh, in your field. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a really good point. One example is relining a gas forge. Mm -hmm. I have a gas forge that I really need to fix up. The first big one I bought. Yeah, but that's work, right? That's not for resting, as you like to put it? Uh, De depend I guess it depends on how you look at it. Uh, it's It needs a lot of work. So I haven't been using it for eight months now or something. Yeah. Because it's so worn out that it's been like, I can use it. It still makes things hot. Uh, it's just, it's not good. Yeah, it's if it becomes dangerous, you sh should probably uh, not, not use it. Not, it's just really inefficient because the lining is worn on it and... It, the steel is starting to oxidize a lot. So it's like, I need to re-weld things. How long would it take for you, you know, for you in order to fix it? No idea. No idea. So it, it's, it's a gamble about your schedule. If you are starting to take care of, of that thing, yeah. you don't know if it's going to take one day or one week or maybe month, maybe a month, maybe probably not a month, but... Yeah, no, it, it's also one of the things where I need to just start working on it mm -hmm. so that i realize the extent of what i need to order yeah. to fix it proper absolutely and i haven't done that yet yeah so my point was mm. um i'm i'm finishing setting up my workshop and I, I i want to put these two walls uh just in front of my desk against the wall of course of course and in order to do so i have to go to to the hardware store i had to buy some hood some a big big piece of wood I have to prep it. I have to put it on the wall. I have to put all the little things that will um, hold my tools against the tool wall. And it's going to take me at least three days in order to complete this thing. So yesterday, I didn't want to do so. I just took two hours in order to sort of my tools and 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 tidy a little, a little bit the, the workshop. I was not as efficient as I wanted to, but not being as efficient as I should have been allowed me to rest and yeah, have yeah. the rest of my day like relaxed and not anxious, even though I was like, mm, I sh really should tackle this new project in order to get back to work. But I have decided that July would be my my vacation. And even though I'm back home, the only uh, this week uh, is the last day of my wife's vacation. So I want to spend time with her, obviously, and with the kiddo. So yeah. I have, I don't want to rush back into work just now. I, I want to do little stuff that will help me next month, but not spend, uh, spend as much time as I sh probably should uh, doing work. And I, I, I'm, I'm guessing also that's sort of the thing, a little bit where you're already home, you have this long mental list of things that need to get done. Yeah. So it is more relaxing in a sense to go and do a little bit of that. Exactly. Instead of laying on the sofa, trying not to play Elden Ring. Yeah. Being stressed about yeah. all the things you should have been doing. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, we went um, 10 days in vacation because after it was, we, we were supposed to stay over there um, probably two weeks. After mm -hmm. a full week, we had enough of... Beach, <laughs> swimming pool, and ice creams, and all, all, all the things that I told And empty data week. cubes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> even the kid was starting to get bored because we yeah. are in the family people that need 
to do stuff, you know, not to get bored. So uh, as you said, it's it's relaxing to be home and knowing that you don't really have obligation and just pick on small stuff that you can do around the house or in the shop, like 30 minutes here and one hour there. And, and because you're still getting stuff done, but the, stre- the amount of stress and the level of anxiety and just the fatigue that you feel in your body is absolutely not the same. So yeah. small stuff gets you... Uh, a long way when you know how to do them and don't blame yourself for not doing them or um, not pushing them too far away in time. Like if you need to do maintenance on your tools in order to be working with your tools, it's good to know when to take a break and to do that maintenance. That maintenance. Uh, I'm not talking myself about the forge or, or, or your bell grinder res that you have to take care of, but um, every week. I, I guess in your sense, it could be like serv- even servicing uh, sewing machines yeah. or getting getting the one you have that's not working up to spec, so it does work. Absolutely, again. and and there is there is one thing that I do every week or every ten days is to sharpen my tools for one hour. All the things that I have, all the cutters that I have, all the uh, beveler for my leather work, I, I spend one or two hours uh, just sharpening them because I know next time yeah. I will need them, they will cut properly. And and I don't want to pause my project in order to just sharpen a tool and it will set me back like 20 minutes. Uh, that That's not good because it, it breaks my, my workflow and my... Uh, dynamic in the project. So I don't really I'm like I'm also that. guessing it's a lot more relaxing to sort of say like, let me like line up all the tools, oh, yeah. like find a good podcast oh, or yeah. movie or TV show and put it out on the background and just work through the lines and Absolutely. through all the steps. Yeah. I, at least I find that to be really meditative. It, it's really satisfying that, yeah, you have plenty of tools and you know at the end of the one hour, two hours that they are all freaking sharp because you took the time to sharpen them. And then next time you grab one, it doesn't really matter the one you grab because they are all good, ready to be used. Mm. So you don't have to throw it away and say, ah, that's not the one that really works. So I need to find the other one and then lose 10 or 15 minutes finding the right one. Um, having all my tools ready all the time is is something that I, I really enjoy because I know that I, I will not lose time or get mad or get stressed during um, my creative process, if I can call that creative process. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair way of putting it. Raz, let, let me ask you a question, because right, I'm just going to put you a little bit out of that one, because sure. you basically work from home. Yeah. The commute way, do you see that as something relaxing? Yeah. Because when I took the bike this morning, I really enjoyed it, and I already know the, the way I have to take. And mm-hmm. also, for me, driving to customers, especially if it's a long drive where I know it's like most of the days consists out of driving. That's kind of a little bit of my me time where I listen to podcasts and I, it's a necessity because I have to do it. But then on the other side, it can be really relaxing. Yeah. I, I really like the walk to work mm-hmm. solely because I can walk through a forest and a park all the way. Nice. If it were to be along uh, a road or a busy road, I don't think I would have enjoyed it at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's probably some to it that you have that whole sort of mental transition period when you're commuting that where your mind is switching gears and you're fo- focusing more and more on work. I'm not sure I have so much of that. 
during during the commute itself i mean yeah no i have don't have that either it's like i barely think about the job until i'm like on the parking lot from the customers but i'm usually not late like i'm usually like half an hour early yeah so then it's i prepare myself in the car and i get in the right mindset because to be honest there's a podcast running till i like pull into the customer <laughs> and i need that i need that separation yeah and what what does it brings you to personally to be at work 30 minutes early Is, is that the, the, the 30 minutes, is that a period of time that you really need to focus and to get into the uh, working mindset? To, to be honest, no. It's, um, you could say a little bit of a time mismanagement in a mm -hmm. certain way because there's one thing I hate to death and that's being late. Call me yeah. typical German okay. for that yeah. one. But in sales, like it's just a no-go. You're typical German. Yes. The same as, well, if, I mean, if you, if you're sales and if you're working as a service technician or something like that, or you, like you, you're not late or you're not supposed to be late. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's out of my control if there's like a complete traffic jam and the whole autobahn is locked up and I'm stuck there. But other than that, I, yeah, it's usually I plan in depending on the distance that I have to the customer. But if it's like two, 300 kilometers, I plan in at least one hour of buffer. So for two to two, I say basically for every hour of driving, I should have between 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. That's my okay. basic rule of thumb. Yeah, that, that's a good way of managing it. Yeah. Yeah, but this usually causes that if traffic goes somewhat okay, so at a longer distance, I have over an hour of buffer. And if something, if it goes fine, then I'm there half an hour early. I, I rarely need the buffer to be there last second. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty proud to say that I'm almost never late at the customers. That's the, that's the point. That's, that's, the, that's why you're trying to have that buffer to actually never be in a position where you are late. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a saying um, from, I think my grandfather was actually the one always telling me that um, he was a business owner and he told me, uh, better be an hour early than one minute late. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was probably the most German thing to say, but it kind of embedded itself yes. <laughs> in my brain. And this is something I go by. Not, it drives not, my wife nuts because it's even like going up to the airport and stuff like that. It's like, it's an international <laughs> flight. You should be there two hours early. Great. Let's make it three. <laughs> yeah. And these days, it, you better be five hours early with all the yeah. mayhem that's going on in the yeah. airports in all over Europe. Mm -hmm. But that's not only German. I, I was like the same working in japan i was starting at 9:30. i was in my workplace at nine not only because i wanted to be there early in order to just be there if something happened if a, a class had to start earlier which never happens because <laughs> people don't come early to get classes they come late but um it, it's also the yeah it's it's it show respect to your employer to um, your colleagues, to the people you will be working with. And it also allowed me to have this um, 15 minutes, 20 minutes to recover from the commute because it was a freaking long and stressful yeah. commute, especially oh, yeah. in Tokyo in the morning. Um, so I, I have memories as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I like to be early you know, to not prep for the work that needs to be done. Uh, but just, yeah. Um, Actually, to relax. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, exactly. That, that, the absolute me, yeah. I have the same thing, um, exhibitions. 
on exhibitions, it's the exactly same thing. So there's the, um, where everybody arrives, like the exhibition starts at nine mm-hmm. or nine thirty. So everybody is supposed to be there at eight thirty to nine o'clock, half an hour before it starts. Basically, this is where everybody's going in and going to the booth, to their booth where they're working, and I love to be there at least an hour early, because there are the security guards there. You have enough time to just um, unfold everything. Like, are there still enough pens? Is there like the the information brochures? Like everything ready? Mm. The lights are switched on, and you just activate the coffee machine you have your first coffee and you're basically sitting there at the booth and usually it's like one colleague that also comes in early and you're just sitting there and you have at least half an hour without anyone buggering you where you can have your coffee you're already basically at your workplace where you know you're going to be standing all day but it's nice and quiet it's like a completely different world from like the masses that are going to storm in in about an hour at that point and that has something i absolutely love it's also a way to own the place before other people come in. I mean, that, that, that's exactly what we did at Mega Central. Uh, yeah. We set yeah. up the booth uh, on the Friday and, and people started coming on the Saturday morning, but we were all prepping the booth on Friday afternoon because it was a way for us to apprehend the space and to own it and to um, just feel good in it before we had to like welcome people and 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 work in it owning it is a great way to describe it because it gives you kind of the sense of control over like that mm-hmm. chaos that's going to unfold yeah i think so it's also you also get to know the space i mean you you get the time to figure out like oh where is the nearest bathroom where is the good coffee machine and all of those that, things as well that, well yeah yeah but this is something i mean if you set up the booth because we usually also the one like not setting up the booth itself but all the the units there so we're there a day early or two before even the exhibition starts usually so we already know the layout and the other booths and everything mm. it's really just that in the morning having that when everything is buzzing mm-hmm. and then yeah. coming in the next day and everything's still quiet like the silence before the storm and that says something really really relaxing Something you said, Raz, earlier uh, when you were talking about uh, playing soccer with the neighborhood kids and, and doing martial arts was very interesting to me. Um, I think it, it's really important to identify the kind of rest that you need in order to do it properly. Uh, oh, yeah, well yeah, yeah, When you say resting efficiently, sure, uh, doing something different from your usual work and prepping, doing all the little things that we talked about is a good way to do so. But when you are out of your working workplace, when you are back home, um, you can also apprehend uh, uh, the rest in an efficient manner. Let's, I, let's... I guess I just mean that even when it comes to resting, you should do it thoughtfully. Yeah, yeah. With some, maybe not directly planning, but at least with some idea about you're, how to go about it yeah you're absolutely right and the first step would be the first step would be to identify what kind of rest do you need a physical yeah. rest or like spiritual or rest the other day i was um rest rest like rest rest i was i was no, rest but oh, never mind okay <laughs> <laughs> I was so tired. <laughs> I was so tired the other day uh, that I spent the whole day in bed. Fucking rest. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, oh, Pressy, I resting. Can I? Can I keep going, guys? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, on, I'm trying to make a point. He's just making fun of me. Let's <laughs> go on, please. <laughs> I was really tired and it was super hot. So I spent the day resting in the bed, watching movies and, and, and doing nothing. It happens that it had the exact opposite effect of what I was trying to accomplish because the next morning at 6 a.m. I was still not sleeping. Too much rest during the day uh, didn't allow me to rest at night and, and get proper sleep uh, because I was not uh, mentally tired. I was just physically uh, exhausted. So I could have just rest my body in a way to um, recover from it, but still get the amount of um, tiredness, fatigue at the end of the day that would allow me to sleep at night actually and i think it's it's one of the um very um the, the one of the characteristic of insomnia is because you are not resting the proper way and yeah. and then you are creating your own misery so to speak uh because if you feel tired like mentally you will rest so your body will rest but if you keep your mind busy watching movies and playing video games you it 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 will uh, it will have the counter effect that you are trying to to to, to get. It will um, create more stress, more anxiety, more fatigue in your brain, and you will not able to recover from it in just one night. And it will it's like the uh, vicious circle of chasing something that you will never accomplish because you are not doing it right. That, does that make sense? Was I clear enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, you're, you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot. You're, you are, you start out badly, but not able to rest your mind and body yeah. at the same time. So that when your body is broken, your mind is still active. Yeah. And then your body can't get rest, so your mind doesn't work the next day. And you just keep pushing exactly. the night cycle yeah. further for ask you. So something that I... I, I, I um, what's the word? Um, something that Jimmy DeRest has said a long time ago in a podcast, and I it's and it, it's stuck. Um, when you are tired, just get back to work. He was talking about being sick and get, being tired, and just not think about it, not listen to your body, and just get back to work. It will get better because your body will be active and your mind, even if your mind is not there, not in a workshop and you don't have to do dangerous stuff, uh, getting exhausted enough in order to get a good night of sleep will fix most yeah. of the stuff. Uh, so just don't think, do the work. And it's also a way to relax, like efficiently, for me, at least. For, for some reason, I just had that image in my head of Jimmy DeResta half asleep at the band's or just well. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it would be efficient. <laughs> well, I don't know. Or lose another finger. I don't, or, or just the same one again. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the best idea of like tired in a work environment. It's like probably not the... No, but you don't have, thing if you are tired, you don't have to work on the on the bounce or on the table. So you can just clean it like using a broom and yeah. sorting out your paint cans. Yeah, doing the maintenance. Uh, absolutely. You don't have to be all the time 100% efficient, especially when you want to rest. So you don't have to be productive 
if you want to rest, you can rest efficiently, but still doing small little stuff, I think. I, I, th- I think even there were some uh, medical research that came out maybe a couple of years ago that said that they pretty much realized that you can never actually work out too much in, during recovery. You can work out wrongly, mm-hmm. but uh, and I'm I'm probably misremembering everything that's important about this. But uh, in the case with my dad, he is stubborn as all hell, and he has been living with chronic pain for at the, at least the last thirty years, if not the last forty years of his life. Mm-hmm. So his tolerance for pain is quite up there, and he's had three joint replacements so far yeah he's replaced both of his knee joints and one hip and uh, one thing is like when the doctor were to operate on him the first time mm-hmm. they spent an hour extra because while cutting through his femur they bl- he blunted up the saw blade they were using so the doc that's the first time the doctors ever experienced that the saw blade that was Damn. fresh and new Damn got blunted and they had to go fetch a new one wow same thing happened the next time but this time the doctor was prepared and he had a spare <laughs> on hand so your dad is basically Wolverine right pretty much yeah okay uh, for the third also, one he just sat there with a steel <laughs> chainsaw <laughs> uh, he should probably have uh, but uh, but then also like with that kind of uh, pain management, my dad was going like, okay, the, the physiotherapist told me that here's the exercise you need to do and my dad was he was just reading and doing those exercises all the time really, really pushing himself and apparently he had the quickest recovery time they've ever seen in the hospital Wow, That's something they, they, they don't really encourage though to do the exercise oh, like yeah, too yeah, much no, uh, because it can be counterproductive, like my physiotherapist yes, but- telling me do the exercise, but don't push it too much because you can break it again. Uh, so, oh yeah, by all means. But and, and I think the importance there is more the ability of doing the exercise correctly, absolutely, and not actually pushing yourself so far yeah. that you break things. Yeah. Uh, to have a high threshold for pain means that, like, yeah, you can do maybe more reps in one go, mm-hmm. but you still have to rest, and you need the rest in between. Yeah. But then maybe you can start by doing half the amount of reps earlier the next time yeah. and pushing it that way. So you're keeping that stress and pressure on it so that the body is forced to put more effort into repairing it. Mm-hmm. I, I love the phrase the anti-fragile. Yeah. That's our body. Fragile meaning it gets weaker as it gets fractures in it. Anti-fragile is how we are made. Every single time you get a bump or a scrape or a bruise or something the body rebuilds it stronger, stronger than it was yeah. but that gets weaker and weaker over time mm. as there's less and less pressure uh, astronauts coming down from the international space station they can't walk yeah. when they land because the pain of pressure on the sole of their foot is so intense and the muscles are, are smaller than well, no, when they went yeah, up no, they, they, yeah they struggle with that they can yeah. keep themselves upright yeah it can but the but pain of also, standing yeah. on your own sole of your feet it's too much for them yeah. because they haven't done that for yeah. how no however, however long. Um, so yeah, uh, apparently the, the 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 focus of this podcast is that you need to punish yourself to get better. A little bit, yeah. Or relax so much that you can't walk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> if you want to live into the universe of Wally, by all means. <laughs> but that's that's what the Shaolin monks are doing, right? Pushing themselves. No, no. Training. We were doing the segue now. Yeah, I know. I just want to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that is that your segue into no, your it's focus? not. But... Shaolin monks, Shaolin soccer. <laughs> could be, uh, could be. Sh- it's, Shaolin it's a fun Wally. movie. <laughs> 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 I want to see that. <laughs> oh, that's a crossover. Um, uh, please, by all means, make make your point if you had one. No, um, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, the interesting thing is working out is exactly that: pushing yourself, getting tired in order to get stronger. So. Yeah, no, that's it. So, so that's so, something to focus on. <laughs> absolutely. Well done. Um, so my focus of the way. Yeah, you're both fuckers. Um, other than the fact that uh, John Week 4 will be out uh, in March 2023. Um, Does that mean I should see the second one soon? The second and third one, absolutely. Uh, okay. I like John Week. It's it's a good... It's not, it's I like not, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is absolutely fantastic human being and He's actor amazing. yeah and john wick is is very entertaining it's not like smart or anything it's just fun action movie so yeah. um looking forward to the to the uh, fourth one uh, next year in march uh, my actual focus of the week is uh it's it's a youtube channel pretty big uh, I guess most of the listeners will know who I'm talking about. It's Ed China. Uh, he's a mechanic. He has a channel with like 900,000 subscribers. He was the guy in a TV show in England buying old cars and fixing them and reselling them. And, yes. Uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, Wheeler Dealer, I think was the title of the scene. Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's one of those kind of programs, anyway. Yeah. Uh, he had multi- yeah, multiple, yeah, right? Probably yeah. yell at you for mispronouncing it and giving it to a correct. Yeah, he's the one that suggested the channel because I was we were chatting about my uh, AC unit problem in my car. So he was like, oh, yes, ah. that guy has a good video. And I, yeah, he has good videos. Uh, is very um, thorough in the way uh, he makes videos. You, it's easy to understand. So even if you are at, not at all into car mechanic, um, it's it's entertaining, I think. Uh, but you can also learn how to fix stuff and understand how your car works and and maybe one day do do it yourself if you are not at the moment. So yeah, at China on YouTube, nice videos, entertaining. Uh, yeah. Go have a look. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't really have time to watch anything this week because I've been crazy busy and tired in the evenings. Um, but so I'm going to f- focus on something that uh, has actually happened. Well, started happening a while ago, but um, on the July 23rd, I believe, there was the CSD in Berlin, which is the Christopher Street Day. Uh, mm-hmm. In the U.S., probably more known as Pride Parades. And they are have, happening all over Germany at the moment. And the next one is going to be in Stuttgart this weekend on Saturday, where me and some friends and my wife are joining and going to be cool. celebrating. So I just wanted to put the focus on that because it's here in Germany, it's called Christopher Street Day because it remembers the Christopher Street um, riots in New York, where basically... Uh, yeah. Uh, gay lesbians and all of that went out to demonstrate for their rights yeah. and this is kind of like a remembrance on that and um, kind of like the Pride Month over in the US it's mm-hmm. just a huge celebration and party that's going to be all over Stuttgart so I'm looking forward to that one I mean all over Europe 
that's funny you, you're mentioning it because today uh, no not today yesterday i was watching a video on tiktok uh trying to relax um mm-hmm. and they were showing a, a video of, of uh, one of those pride parade and it 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 occurred to me that these people had to fight just to exist in the world which is absolutely or just insane. to be acknowledged saying yeah. mm-hmm. Even though they have to fight just to exist and to be a knowledge, as you said, they are so fucking happy to parade in the streets and their life must be really, really hard. And, and I've, I've no idea how hard it can be, but they are, they are just nice people just wanting to be a knowledge and just live in peace and love whoever they want to love and that's a great thing so yeah uh i was i was i had the same uh yeah it was just it, it was it happened to me yesterday so yeah funny that you said that uh, i mean great mind try to match that rasmus <laughs> <laughs> love is love <laughs> okay and food is food yeah that's more likely <laughs> that's that's more more like you <laughs> uh tasting history with max miller okay Okay. All about two things, so to speak. His main focus is just historical recipes. Like, he takes the whole menu from the Titanic okay. and cooks it and explains about it. Oh, and yeah. Tells the history, nice. not only of the meal, but also the period of history that the meal was from. Okay. So, the whole of April, he did Titanic. Uh, recently, he did uh, a lot of uh, historical Viking meals um, oh. from when the Viking Age began. Oh. He recently did a video about the medieval food etiquette. Yeah. And all that. And he does a lot of really, really good jobs. Nice. About doing research and finding sources and talking to people. Uh, and he also has a, a spin off uh, series on the same channel that is called Drinking History, where it's all about cocktails and alcohol. Nice. Oh, nice. Did he, did he tackle the uh, antique Roman food? He's done. He's done a couple of different kinds of wine roasts and some pies, and also did some mulled um, wine recipes from old Rome, if I recall correctly. Okay. Uh, and he di- he does his absolute best in trying to pronounce everything correctly, which is sometimes really fun. Nice. What's the name of the channel so, again? Tasting history. Perfect. With Max Miller. Great. There's links where you expect them to be. Nice. Nice. Any other last little tidbits? I had one. I forgot about it. <laughs> uh, I have one. Go for it. Uh, I finally released a YouTube video again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, nearly a hundred days after my last one, and it's all about building the workstation in in the forge now. That nice. I have. Nice. All still mayhem thing. And uh, the ironic thing is that today, I ordered. Uh, no, not only today. Monday on today, I spent all day just ordering more materials and more things so that I can expand upon it. Nice. Oh, fantastic. And I think you started <laughs> it with like making your horizontal mess a vertical mess. Yes. <laughs> That's, um... And you succeeded royally. Oh, very much so. Uh, I, I briefly talked to Stian about it and he asked, he was guessing about, guessing about the weight of it, like just all steel construction without anything in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty much correct that it's nearly 300 kilos oh. without anything in it. Wow. And then I stuffed... So far, I think I stuffed nearly five pallets of tools in and on the whole thing. So and now probably five tons it. of tools resting on three and a half kilos. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, luckily, the floor is solid. Yeah. Concrete underneath there for a while. So. And luckily, no you won't have to there. move everything anytime soon. 
I hope, I hope, fucking hope not. <laughs> I just wanted to say, it's like if your buddies are listening to that podcast and they hear three three hundred kilogram shelf, they're just gonna go like, nope. <laughs> oh no, uh, it's it's built to fit in that corner. Yeah. There's no, I, I could technically just cut it up and move it and re-weld it again, but it doesn't make any sense for it because it probably wouldn't fit into anywhere else. And if I were to move it somewhere else, then I would make it fit that new space anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I had that, and there's classes up on the website, and that's and and I'm, oh, and market season for me actually starts on the 12th of August in Rakista. For those who are curious, Martin Skrøder. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Oh, and Thomas, congratulations of proposing and getting a yes. What? Cool. Um, um, but he, he, he's, he's weeks behind on this, so he will hear it after he's getting married, probably. <laughs> but, uh, he proposed to his girlfriend oh, the other oh, day. Oh, what about the the uh, cake knife, the sword? Did you deliver? Oh, yeah. They used yeah. it? Oh, they were happy? I forgot about that. Yes. Uh, I don't have any pictures of it being used. I just have as uh, a really, really nervous groom being super excited about holding it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only picture I've gotten so far, but I have photographers that are taking care of the pictures that I'll publish when I have them. Cool. Fantastic. So, and yes, I'll take some pictures of my own that I should have out sort of soonish. Uh, but then it's also the sword going off to get painted and I'll have some finishing touches on it. Um, so it's it's nearly done. Cool. Nice. And if you want to find the rest of us, no, that's the different. Uh, <laughs> if you want to find us, uh, talk to us for some odd reason. You can find us collectively at two thirds focused. Mm hmm on any of the mostly social places and you can find me at Rasmus Lewin and the aforementioned courses are on Rasmus Lewin or no that's the one and you can find me at uh, the Red Smith or Red Smith everywhere on the internet and at theredsmith.com and you can find me at notamento.com and notamento on all the usual social media that was it very good was a fun one bye 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 have a good week <laughs>